What up, what up, what up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 142 and the final episode of 2019, the year-end show. And being in the holiday spirit, I have a treat for you fine folks. In this episode, I speak with my best friend, Steven Almonte, about entrepreneurship while we drive to his latest venture, Aura Cocina and Bar. Aura's Cuisine is a modern Cuban-Asian fusion designed by celebrity chefs. The aesthetics of the locale transport you into feeling like you're walking the streets of Havana. Listen in to find out how this vision came to fruition, as we also discuss Steven's other successful ventures, like the Brooklyn staple Caoba and Dominicana Cargo Express. I've known Steven now for almost two decades, or probably already two decades. We met in junior high school. We went to, we were in the same class at uh, junior high school 210, Elizabeth Blackwell, class 804, if I remember correctly. Then we went to the same high school, Richmond Hill High School, and we've been tight ever since. He has been on the podcast a minute ago, though, and it wasn't a standalone podcast. It was episode 81, titled 9-11 Never Forget, and it was a 9-11 tribute episode where I interviewed a bunch of people, uh, including Steven, about uh, their experiences and where they were uh, when 9-11 happened. His sister Elaine, which is his partner in his latest venture with Aura, was more recently on the podcast, episode 132, titled Visiting Spain and Morocco Vicariously Through Elo. And we actually mentioned her in the very beginning of the episode, once we get into it, uh, because we recorded this while driving in the car, similar to how I recorded that episode 132 with Elaine while driving in the car. So... Although the audio sounds great, you will hear, you know, sometimes the navigation in the background or a little bit of background noise, but definitely nothing of consequence. Now, Steven, since I've known him, has always been a hard worker, a hustler. If you notice, actually, in the acknowledgement section of my novel, Fractal, I mention him and within the acknowledgement say that he's the definition of a hustler. And that's definitely the case with him. He's a keep your eyes on the prize and go for it type of dude. And while recording this episode, specifically this intro, I was thinking of the term renaissance man, which is a phrase that I've always seen attributed to folks and in like biographies from back in the day. And they always reference like one person being a statesman and also a businessman and also a teacher and also an inventor. And I'm always like, how the fuck do these people have time to do like so much shit? Like these are those are like four or five, six different like careers that, you know, the norm and folks nowadays are usually like just one thing. But in doing this episode with Steven, it helped me see how things like that are doable. Even for example, with me myself, if I factor in my like current career, you know, my nine to five that I go to every day. And then the fact that I'm also a podcaster and I'm also a writer back in the day, I used to bartend, I do real estate. You see how things can pile up, but I want to read out to you guys before we jump into the episode So I want to list out to you all the jobs that I know of Stephen having in the time that I've known him. And there's a shitload. So he packed bags at Western Beef. That's like a a Brooklyn supermarket chain. I'm not sure if it's outside of Brooklyn, but I know them to be in Brooklyn. Uh, Stock boy at Key Food, which I believe is a 
for folks listening outside of New York, I think it's a like a national supermarket chain. Pathmark, he was a cashier there, <laughs> which uh, in the episode that I did with his cousin Avi, episode 138 about the uh, military and being a, a veteran, we actually poke fun at Stephen for being uh, the first male cashier at Pathmark. He was a server at Russo's on the Bay. Uh, it's like a catering hall here in Queens in Howard Beach. He's a busboy at Lenny's Clam Bar, which is another spot in Queens. He was a waiter at Santa Fe Steakhouse, another spot here in Queens. He was a cab driver. He's an army veteran, where, by the way, he was deployed uh, to Iraq. He was wounded in, in war. I think he was deployed twice, if I'm not mistaken, or just uh, once for like a long stint. And he's a Purple Heart recipient, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is the second highest honor that the army can give. And we have spoken about doing, uh, similar to how, how I did with Abi, uh, doing like a military experience only episode. So I'll save those stories for a future date. He went on to being a legislative aide for Diana Reyna in City Hall. Shout out to City Council District 34 in Brooklyn. He was an iron worker with the Local 46 Metallic Lathers Union. And I remember specific to this, and I think we touched on it a little bit on on the episode when he was getting into the whole iron worker thing. It seemed like out of character for him, kind of like, you know, he's not like the handiest guy in the world. One thing that I remember when speaking to him about it, like, why, why are you like pursuing this? Why are you doing this? And he explained to me like the way that like unions work once you're in the union and, you know, you pay your dues and stuff like that. You pretty much have a job for life. It was kind of like a like a safety net thing that I remember thinking was like, like really smart of him to think that way in that he was like, you know, anything else that I do in my life, if I try something else and fail, I can, you know, if tomorrow I find myself without work, I can literally go to the union and get a job. And that's, I think like dope, practical, long-term uh, thinking and, and mentality to have. He's a landlord of a couple of properties. We spoke about that in the episode. His first entrepreneurial venture, or I don't want to say first, but uh, biggest at that, at that time was partnering up with someone and opening a restaurant in Brooklyn called Makori. And then he wound up buying out his partner and repurposing the location into what it is now, which is Gaoba Brooklyn Bistro. It's a really popular spot in Brooklyn, both for the nightlife, but also the food, which is made by Chef Papi, which is the curator and creator of the famous Dominican pizza. Shout out to Chef Papi, by the way. I want to get him on, on the podcast in the future. And the Dominican pizza, for those of you that don't know, I've had it. It's delicious. It's a the base instead of being a dough. It's pretty much like a like a big totong, like a platano to, tostong. It has dough de lo tregoipe on top, like some fried salami, fried cheese. I believe it has some chicken on there, some vodka sauce. It's really good. I recommend, highly recommend. But it's a dope spot in Brooklyn, which I will link to in the episode notes to all the social media for for both Caoba and, and Aura that we're going to get to and all that good stuff. He had uh, at Caoba murals done by like local artists. Like There's a mural of uh, Biggie in the patio area in the back, in the outdoor area of Caoba. And inside, you'll see portraits of Romeo Santos and Cardi B. And Bob Marley, it's it's definitely definitely a vibe and worth checking out. Then from Caoba, he also starting an exporting uh, shipping company called Dominicana Cargo Express. 
We speak about that a bit on the episode. While doing all this is also a Port Authority police officer full-time and now is embarking on his latest venture, which is Aura, which is the main topic of this episode. I mentioned all of that because I feel that a lot of the time, especially within our culture, we look at someone who has some levels of success and we see them for only that. Or we think that they got lucky somehow or that they hit the lottery or had wealthy parents or something. And we discount all of the hard work and different paths taken that converged into their current state. So I think it's really important to take away from this episode that it's a hustle of 20 plus years that gets you to this point. And hopefully this episode is motivation enough for folks out there to apply to their own hustles. I know it definitely is for me. Steven, thank you very much for doing this episode. And to everybody listening, I want to point you to the website for this specific episode at sponsorate.com forward slash podcast forward slash 142, where you can see pictures of Aura under construction as well as videos and some other goodies. Again, that's sponsorate.com forward slash podcast forward slash 142. And lastly, before we jump into the episode, here's one quick way that you can help support the show. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is, but it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You'll get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures? You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found to a rap battle to a TED talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free, and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you will get the very next one. All right, so we are recording the second ever in a car, in a vehicle, in route podcast, Spun Today podcast, with another, a second Almonte family member. Elena was the first one. Now, Steven, you are the second. Almonte. Yeah, thank you for having <laughs> me. <laughs> always, always, bro. Um, so, obviously, like, usually, like, with these podcasts, I always do, like, my own intro and stuff like that. So, I'll introduce everything. But what I wanted to jump into as we are on our way to Aura, which is located where? In uh, East Williamsburg. What's the address? 315 Mesero, Brooklyn, New York, 11206. And that 
for the folks listening, is a new restaurant, a second uh, establishment that Stephen is in the process of opening up. And I wanted to have him on to speak generally about like entrepreneurship and his whole experience and how it's been with with this specifically, you know, literally buying a second location and having to like build it up and construct it up from like the visions that he has in the set for it and you know everything that he has gone through from like interior design and uh having to you know just like everything a to z like having to get bartenders and chefs and managers and like how how does that all that shit work you know what i mean like plan it out or break it down well i love the restaurant business i've always uh since a young kid and that was my first job um, I love hospitality. As you know, I, I always like to host in my house and you know make people feel good. I have a uh, personality for that. Um, I it all started from the bottom uh, as a busboy, then moving on to a waiter, to a head server, to bartending, to managing. So I went through all the routes, you know, on the floor. And you did that in Roosters on the Bay, right? I remember. I think that was like your first restaurant job in, in high, back in high school when we were in high school. Yeah, I did that in Roosters on the Bay in uh, Howard Beach. I also did it in Lenny's Clam Bar. And, oh, you uh, serious? Yeah, I did it in Lens yeah. And I also did it in Santa Fe Steakhouse in uh, Austin Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bro, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, I was always, like, the head server everywhere I went with the highest sales. Um, And that's where I always got promoted quick. And I always said I wanted one. So, thankfully, I was able to land a good job in, uh, with the, in the local 46 union. Uh, I ain't working. I uh, was able to be in different um, sites. The, one of the bi- uh, biggest ones was the World Trade Center, and I'm you know happy about that. Every time I pass by, and I and I was there five six floors before the building, uh, doing the foundation of the building. So you know that, that was great to be part of it. And, and what well, I definitely want to get into all that because you you've had like I always consider you like a like a Renaissance man, like somebody that's had like a thousand different jobs, and I'm sure all of them like you you gain knowledge and experience from each and every one of them that are you probably still carry with you to this day and like like everybody's lives like shit that you go through like informs like who you are who you become and stuff like that and i want to get into all that but real quick before we get off from roosters on the bay um didn't you see uh, like robert de niro or al pacino there yeah I, served the, yeah, I served the Robert De Niro. It was an Italian function. I remember that. Um, yeah, and, and I was able to serve him. I was like, uh, Robert, can I take your place? He said, sure. You know what I said? That was our, <laughs> that was our long conversation. <laughs> but it was, I, it, it was pretty cool. I served the Gaudis as well, uh, Gaudis' wife and uh, the kids. Damn. Um, it was good. Uh, Joe Pesci. That's dope. Yeah. And, and that comes full circle with the the latest movie that we, we were talking about the other day, which we got to finish, finish uh, speaking about. Which the, is great. The, the Irishman. I, yeah, I saw it twice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, just it's better I, the second I, I time. I definitely want to watch it again. see. so you went from uh, working in the World Trade, that like that was another like connection you had to like hospitality and stuff? No, like, I just... In terms of like uh, working no, for the no, iron workers? No, like, like you stated before, I've had like a thousand jobs. I've done literally everything. But to sum it all up, I just do it for the money. I just chase the money because I just, I always wanted to become an entrepreneur ever since a kid. And, you know, I'd rather get, if I get paid 800 rather than 600, I'd rather, you know, I'll do that job. Even if I've never, I have no knowledge of it and I've never done it, but I'm always, I was always chasing the paper. You know, I, um, well, you know that, you know me my, my whole life growing up. 
It's like but, the hustler's mentality right there. Yeah, I just uh, I was always went where, where the money was more. Um, construction, I, I I don't even have a screwdriver in my house right now. Like I don't know anything about construction, but you know they offered me forty dollars an hour starting, and I was like, fuck it. I dropped my job at a Santa Fe Steakhouse in Austin Street, and I went over there. You and know. and the reason why, uh, at least I think like specific to this to this episode. And like your purpose behind like chasing the money and stuff like that was because you had, or what I'm asking, was it because you had like this um, uh, like end goal of like opening up your own spot? Yeah, I had my vision. Okay. I, I knew I had to save money. I know my parents weren't gonna give it to me. You know, we, we faced a lot of hard uh, hardship uh, through through our high school years, when my father um, we had a bodega in uh, in uptown, and it did really bad. He lost everything, and I just you know we were just coming from the bottom. And I knew I was gonna get help from my parents, so I was just like always like saving money, saving money because I I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My dad's side of the family, everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody works for themselves, and that's exactly what I wanted. And do you know do you know why like the the way they got when in hard times he had like some like a partner or some shit that screwed him? No, no, he had a partner. The partner actually saw what, what was happening soon, so he was able to bail out and and cash all his money in. Um, but um, but was I, it like just business going down? Like yeah, the, it was just that like when they were buying the business, they were supposedly selling you know whatever it was a week 20 25,000 whatever it was but basically the guy that was selling it was having his family go you know for like three weeks straight while my father was you know testing the register see how the sales were and you know the sales were great and obviously when he when they sold the, those those customers weren't coming back and Damn. it's just like uh, so the sales weren't there it's a lot of competition I'm talking about like there's like four bodegas on each block in uptown it's like little Dominican it's little Dominican Republic up there as everybody knows in the heights and it's just like if one bodega has it for or platanos for eight per dollar the other one throws it for nine Per dollar, and it gets ridiculous at a, at a point where it's like a platinum's ten cents. Like, how do you make money after that? So it was just a competition thing. Like, people would literally walk three or four blocks just to get something fifty cents cheaper. That's insane. And yeah, you're not for nothing. That's a that's a really good and important point I think for for folks to to take in as far as when you want to get into uh, purchasing a business. Because I know just from like doing real estate and mortgages and stuff like that. And and I, I've worked for small businesses in the past as well, like restaurants and uh, you know real estate offices, mortgage offices. And one thing um, that's different with purchasing a business versus that I that I the little that I know of it, uh, just from that side of it, um, than purchasing a house is that you like one of the prerequisites is that you uh, get to like shadow the owner of the establishment. You get like. Uh, Two to three years is like rule of rule of thumb of their business uh, income tax and their and their um, uh, personal income taxes as well to like see how the business has done. You know, because they they could say, oh yeah, this does a million a week, and you you know, obviously you're not just going to take somebody's word for it because they're selling you something. They're going to paint the picture as pretty you as possible. You definitely have to go by the quarter sales by that. You can't you can't lie about that. Okay. You know, so yeah, when, once you get that report and you see what you're paying in sales tax, you know what you're selling. The cash you could always play around with here and there, and you and, you, and there's like a rule of thumb for it. But quarterly taxes, it's, it's you know, it's money that you're paying to the IRS, which is like nobody gets money to the IRS for no reason. True. And uh, but the point that, that I definitely want to get at is how how that dude, like, to show your pops, oh look how good the registers are, are doing. And he had you know he, he like orchestrated fucking three weeks worth of people just coming through buying shit. And he was probably just giving them back like the money at the end of the day. And you know so your pops even did the due dil- diligence of. You know, shattering the guy for for three weeks and checking the registers and shit like that. Pero siempre hay gancho. You know what I mean? Like people yeah, it's, it's, it's do shady scams. shit. It's, it's New York City. You know, as soon as you land in an airport, you get scammed. 
You know, I currently I'm, I'm a Port Authority police officer at JFK, and you got to see these people that come to you know to the to the to New York from like different countries, never been here before, and they'll jump on a, on a cab and literally go from one terminal to the next terminal and, and get robbed for two hundred dollars, and they pay it because they have no idea. They're like, oh, they're always here. Oh, New York, they're very expensive. It's the the, high, the biggest city of the world. Um, it, it's probably two hundred dollars to go from terminal one to terminal eight, and it's not. You know, these guys also charge three hundred dollars to go to Times Square, where a regular yellow cab will charge you sixty-eight bucks. But they pay it because they don't know. But then the next, when they do find out, they come the next day, they give the complaint to the police department, and that's when we have to enforce. So we're constantly, you know, shooing away the hustlers at, at the arrivals area. Um, but it's just like when it, it's just New York. It's just shady. You yeah, know? it's like the the nature of the, of the beast. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. So you had that vision from a young age, and you knew that if you were gonna establish something and eventually uh, bring your vision into fruition, you had to grind and do it yourself. You had to work hard, save money. Exactly. To, to like reach that point. Exactly. And, um, um, that's exactly it. Um, and it, you know, it, it's, a, it, uh, it's a lot that goes into it to try to like save this money. Like I've always told you, like I bought my first house in 2008 just because I knew if I would, I was calculating how much money I was making a week, how much I was making a month, and then yearly. I was like, and, and then I calculated the money that I was paying in rent yearly. So I was like, wow, if I'm spending $12,000 to $15,000 in rent every year, that's taken away from $75,000 to $58,000. I'm sorry, uh, $52,000. Uh, $52, um, if I had this up four years, that's sixty grand. You know what I'm saying? So this, oh, okay, th there's okay, a lot okay. of hidden money that if you think about it, if you, if, you, if you take it away, you're actually making more money in the future. So I was able to get an investment in East New York, which I, I was, I'm not from Brooklyn, I'm from Queens, Richmond Hill. But I was able to get it because it was a new construction house of four apartments, and I knew with two apartments I was going to pay the mortgage. So not only was I, was I not paying rent, but I was also making money off, off my house. So there, there alone, I was making basically double equity. You know what I'm saying? I was making money on not having to pay rent, and I was making money off you know, what was left over of the cash rent. Yeah, the savings plus like the assets of, of the money actually coming in. Correct. And also building equity after 10 years. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah, you know, it, it's it, a, like a long-term game. You know, the value's always going to go up, historically speaking. And so that's actually, tremendous that's case, honestly yeah. how, I was able to, how I was able to do it. Um, I was always, uh, and then I have a restaurant, so I wasn't spending money in food. So the way people see my stuff, they see me with, with two houses, two restaurants at 35 years old. But it's, it's not, I've never sold any drugs in my life. I've always, you know, I'm a military to an iron worker to a police officer. Um, and nobody's ever given like me anything. Like blue collar jobs. You exactly. Know? Everybody, yeah, I've, I've paid my taxes every single year. Everybody knows it. Um, it's just that I have these, you know, these knickknacks where I could save money, and I and I and I just see and I and I see what, what, what where I, where I could produce more. And um, you could add like optimizing. Correct. And that's how that's how I was able to save money. I, I, once I had my house in Brooklyn, I didn't want to get into another house. Cause, you know, I, I hate being the handyman of the house, so I had some extra money, and I was able to buy a house. But the restaurant with your cousin Elvis, in um, in East New York, uh, we started off great, and then you know, so I found out a couple of things, and then just the relationship uh, wasn't there anymore. Um, everything happens for a reason. He was he, he faces the hard, he faced a hardship that he just needed to get out. He needed money quick, and I took the opportunity and paid off his half, and I, I stood him with with my business. After that, the business just boomed. Um, you know, I had a vision of you know what the restaurant is. You know, in, in this age and and the future. This guy, the guy Elvis was just you know he was used to restaurants in the 70s and the 80s, and he thought it still worked that way. So um, yeah, because I, I was gonna ask you about that specifically because I know there was a um, like when the, the restaurant was, was Makori before, 
and you took it over, and it's now known as Caoba, located at 100 Jamaica, Jamaica Avenue, Avenue in yeah. Brooklyn. And it's a popping spot. People can follow on Instagram at Caoba underscore NYC underscore NYC, and also the food page is Caoba underscore Bistro. Caoba underscore Bistro. Um, the head chef is Chef Bappi, right? Uh, there's uh, I noticed from the outside looking in, and from obviously knowing you personally, but like a uh, a complete like one what is it 180? What's that for 360? A complete 180 yeah. <laughs> from. From it's too early. I'm still messing up numbers. I need more coffee. <laughs> from um, when it was Makori to Kaoba, it was like like a you know it was a it was a nice restaurant. It, it was cool, but it like like you said, it like definitely like blew up like after after switching it to Kaoba and you kind of switched like the business model a little bit. Like it wasn't just restaurant. Like you have yeah, I added a variety. You know, yeah. we opened up at three o'clock. We started with the happy hour and we we opened up the kitchen, and I just basically run two businesses. I run the restaurant three to twelve, and then I do the lounge part twelve to four. I mean, I'm paying rent, you know, for the thirty days at whatever time. It doesn't matter, you know. So I was basically producing four hours more a day, where you know, where my ex partner at Makuri didn't want to do it. So that's when I started seeing profit, and then it, I just started um renovating the place, making it more hip, and that's interesting. You see it that way, like two businesses. Like running it as two businesses, like two right. separate businesses. One is a club, one is a restaurant. That's dope. And, 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 and it's literally like in the one same location, location and one rent. One rent, and you, you just like you like you're splitting it up in your mind. That I'm I'm guessing um, just from hearing that, like just that hour wise, like from this time to this time it's a restaurant, and then from this time to this time it's a a club. Correct. That's pretty dope. So I was able to optimize in that, and um and it draws. It's hard to cut you off. It, it draws like different crowds, like for that reason. Like me personally, like I'm not into like the clubbing scene and the hookah and the DJs and and whatever, but I'm I'm more into like the the you know a fine dining experience that you do get from like the early times when you right. know nice music in the background. It's crazy. You know, food. The, the, the transition is crazy. Like you could be literally eating formal dinner, nice music in the background. You I just, was there. I was there for that. Yeah, and you, you, <laughs> literally, you, I literally you, envisioned you go, that. you go to the bathroom or go outside to smoke a cigarette and you come back inside and you be like, what the fuck just happened? Everyone's like, mm, tss, mm, tss. <laughs> I'm talking about um, uh, sofas are away. You got stand up tables. The hookahs going. The DJs going. You got you got the moving heads going with the lights and it's just like what the hell just happened it's like uh it's like a twilight it's insane and that transition happens in in with like matter of minutes like, yeah like yeah. military style precision yeah. you know what I, mean? I, I got another staff that comes in at 11 o'clock and they're the ones who set up the floor and they just transition everything that's dope that's awesome and then we transition again at four in the morning to get ready for uh dinner service the next day and then that's a pretty good segue in that that you seizing that opportunity with, with the restaurant and you seeing a vision for it that wasn't being implemented when it was Makuri and you saying, you know, I have this opportunity now to uh, buy out my partner. You took it and it, and I'm sure you had, including myself, like at that time, um, you know, folks telling you, hey, maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe you just focus on the cop thing because I'm not sure if you were like already a cop at that point or not. I was... Um, um, no, no I, I had the restaurant first, and then uh, okay. like a year into it was when I got calls from the Port Authority, and it was a, it's a job that you can't refuse. And I'm sure you had yeah, like a mix of like support from people, and you know people like being like cautiously optimistic, which is like the camp I would put like myself in. Like, but you followed through with the vision that you had, implemented it, and now that business flourished based on the vision that you had, and to the point that you are now able to invest in a second restaurant like your your dream restaurant which is uh out oh, of the, loca- yeah. the location that we're headed to now that you know it's like mid-construction right now 
um, being built up, and I'm going to see it for the first time. So I'm definitely going to like take some pictures and, and stuff like that, and we're going to speak about it more when we're actually at the location. So if folks want to um, put some visuals together with, with this audio, uh, check it out at spuntoday.com forward slash podcast forward slash 142, which I think this will be episode 142, and check it out. Actually, it's one of my waitresses right here. Hey, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're That's just, funny. <laughs> we're, we're literally driving by right now on what is this? On Cypress Avenue. Uh, Cypress Avenue in Hancock, and <laughs> one of Stephen's uh, waitresses from from Kaua, uh just walked by. <laughs> you gotta respect the hustle. We left there at five fifteen this morning. Like in this business, it, it, it's good. You know, you flourish a lot. You know, if you do it the right way. But it is a lot of sacrifice, a lot of uh, no sleeping, a lot of time away from the family. And it's just like I respect this girl's hustle. She has a kid, you know. She was out there till five in the morning, and I just see her coming out of bodega, you know, with food, with uh, a bag full of food. You know what I'm saying? So she's gonna go cook now for her family. Meanwhile, she's she has to come back to work late in a couple of hours. That that's that's insane. And I just not just hustle from the employees, but I just want to highlight the fact that like Steven's running this business, opening up the second business, and he's a full time Port Authority police officer. Yes. <laughs> At the same time. And a two year old baby. And has a two year old. Which is my a, my a godson. <laughs> Um, dude, it's just like I'm, I'm driven, man, and I, I'm sure like the, you walk into McDonald's right now, you're not gonna see the owner, and he probably has like five of them, and these things make millions of dollars a year. So that's my mentality. One of, one of the things that that most pushes me, dude, is my mom. Um, with my last restaurant, you know, it was a lot of time away from the family. I was, it was, a, I was a first time entrepreneur. You know, I let things go to my head. I was dedicating more time to 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 the restaurant than to my actual um, family at home. You know, and uh, I, did, I did things I shouldn't have, and it cost me my first marriage. You know, that's a failure. I got I to gotta suck it up and take it. But one of the things that biggest pushes me is my mom. When I first, when I got divorced, my mom was like, Steven, you know, get the fuck out that bed. You know what I'm saying? Don't be depressed. Don't do this or whatever. I, I know you're better than this. And listen, your ex and her family, they just want to see you fail. They want to see you lose your business. They want to see you lose your house. They want to see the worst in you. Fucking, I'm sick. I have diabetes. But, you know, if I ever leave this earth, I want you to have, if you can, buy three more houses. If you can, buy five more restaurants, buy five more. But, pero sigue pa'lante. Like, don't let those people show you down. And I've taken that like a grain of salt. That shit motivates me the, the fuck out of me every single day. And, uh, you know, that's why I do what I do. So I, I go sleep a couple of hours. But I have people that, that I put in play to work for me, that manage for me. Like, I have my brother in one place. I got my sister, Elaine, which helps me out tremendously. Um, I got my compadre Radi that also runs on my hookah and my liquor, you know. So I put if you put people in play in all the businesses, you don't have to be there. Cause honestly, if you're if you're in a business that you have you actually have to work, why the hell are you paying a manager? Why the hell are you paying a head bartender, a head server? Why do you have a team? There's no team there. Yeah, you so, you're doing it wrong if you have to like be be at a at a spot 24 seven. Exactly. I mean, you know, I'm always, I'm not constantly at the, looking at the cameras. I'm not gonna live a life where I'm staring at my phone all day. But then you know the, the numbers are good. It's exactly what I expect. So obviously my team is doing what they gotta do, and I know. You know, by by that operation, all you got to do is set a good team, a good operation, and you could open up three, four, five, six more. I'm actually looking at another location right now. We're negotiating a lease over here also in Bushwick and in, uh, in Broadway. I think I'm going to sign that and start that project in June. No, that was a surprise for you. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be like another restaurant? Yeah, the reason is that Caob, uh, I have two more years um, left in my lease, and the landlord, I haven't seen the landlord in three years. I don't know if he's dead or what the hell happened. You serious? Yeah, but his wife uh, actually um, uh, has a property. Um, she runs it, so I pay her the rent, but she has no say, you know, on, on the lease or if, if they're renewing the lease or whatever. So, God was a very good business. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't just, like, wait till the day before my lease to hand in the keys and not have no business. So, that's why I'm setting this up now. 
because I want to keep Aura as a very formal dining, you know, sophisticated uh, destination place. But I also want to have the same like Aura crowd. I mean, Kaoba crowd, where it's just you know. Uh, good food and then it turned the, the transition into the the nightlife and you know with the whole hookah and the music and yeah, the people it's a and much all that like stuff. younger crowd yeah so yeah I, I definitely i'm not willing I'm, i don't want to lose that right now and um nothing's guaranteed so that's, that's why i'm going to start this new project in june uh god willing that's dope and that, that actually leads me to something i wanted to ask you about like you have that vision that's already something that that you're thinking about that's uh, two years out and i always remember something that stayed with me uh from you that i learned from you uh growing up is something even from I think it, it came about like with your time in the army, um, but maybe even before then. I think before then, the first time you ever told me about it was that you always like break things down into five-year chunks. Like you have five-year plans, five-year visions. Exactly. So I'm guessing something like this that you're already planning out it's two a, years ahead. This is a perfect is example. Correct. You know, I, I got to prepare for it. I'm a soldier. I'm, you know, you always got to go to the war with all your weapons, all your gadgets, or your you know what I'm saying everything ready. And this is exactly what I'm doing. You know, it, it takes time to open up a business. I've been here for eight months now, this construction site. And, you know, I come here every day. If I wouldn't have come here every day, it would have took like a year. You know, because guys, you know, dooly dally and fuck around and I'm paying these guys by day. So they actually want the job to be longer because, you know, they're getting paid regardless. Definitely. So I'm here guiding the orchestra, you know, all day. Um, and is that something that you learned also from doing uh, construction? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's true. That's like that's like the well, uh, contractors and construction workers are known for. Like, they'll tell you a job takes 10 days, but the, Maybe you know, to sign, sign, sign to that alliance start getting paid and then it's like 15 20 25 days that it takes exactly but uh, I, I got a good team here um i got two teams here one, one is excellent the other one i gotta keep watching but i'm um, actually on my way here now to drop off some furniture um we're getting ready to uh hopefully open up the 26 right after christmas and um so time is money right now it's the, every day is just long hours now for these next eight days of construction because we're missing on christmas eve and christmas day next next week and um, I just gotta make this happen. And uh, I think that that's long, that large amount is for sale. I think. That's what? That large amount I think is for sale. I, I think it, I've seen that one. Um, what was I about to ask you? The so you've been so you signed the lease for this place eight months ago. So you've had the place for eight months. You're paying like. Well, rent, no, like, I signed the lease in um, on January, February, but they didn't have TCO until uh, May first. So May first is when I started the. Um, what is that TCO? Uh, temporary. Um, CVO uh, certificate. Yeah, C- yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Um, it took me like thirty days to get a good contractor. You know, with all with all his licensing, and I was able to get it. And um, so, so we you actually to, like try out different contractors. No, no. Okay. I had one. I had one contractor that I was definitely working with, but he doesn't have all his licensing. And this is a DOB job where the plumbing has to be signed off and electric and all that stuff. So, so you by the city and everything. Right? Yeah. So I had to get one of those. Um, that took some time. It took me like 30 days, and you know, it actually cost me now a whole month of rent. But you know, it is what it is. You learn from it. And uh, where was I? Oh yeah, so yeah, so we started in June. So, yeah, so since June here, it's been like, what, like seven months already. Damn. Yeah. Wait, you started paying rent when? A month ago? Uh, the first of this month. Okay. Yeah, so I got this month, and I got to pay January first now. Damn. So, t- so what like ups and downs have you experienced? Like, because th- this is a little different from when you opened up Kaoba. Because Kaoba was already, uh, did Elvis have it, have it already or no? No, no. Boop but was, but it was an operating restaurant. You guys took it over. It no, it was already closed down. It, it, that corner's been there for since like the 70s. But when we got it, it was already closed down. The guy had the guy before us had to uh, close it down. I don't know what he did. I think he he started putting domino tables on the restaurant and just made it like a shit show. And um, so the landlord took it. And when we got it, we got it from with the gates down, and you know we put the gates up, and it was starting from the beginning. Exactly what I'm doing here in um, Aura. 
Um, I feel kind of confident because um, I did it once already over there. I feel I could do it again here. I hired an excellent PR person. Um, we're actually going to be in Good Day America on the 5th, right before Three Kings. Uh, we have a session for Telemundo at the end of January, and we have NBC, I believe, on the 8th of January. So Wow, um, that's dope. Yeah. How, how does that work? Oh, no, you got a PR, you got a PR public relations, and... Uh, he has connections with all these networks. You know, you pay you him a fee. My, I want you to promote my business type of thing. Yeah, you, okay. pay, you pay him obviously not for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You pay you pay him a, a fee, and um, he does his thing. And you got recognition. We were f- featured in the Bushwick Daily already. Um, we plan on the grand opening to have the uh, hold the press conference or with, with the Times and the Post. Um, so we're, the, we're doing everything the, the right way. We got a sponsor the podcast, of course. Of course. We got a we got a great manager. She just came off a, a one star uh, Michelin uh, restaurant. Um, she's great, uh, great resume, great personality. Um, I, I feel we're gonna do really good by her. And you, you know, so basically, I have all, all, I have all my puppets in play. Like, how are you supposed to do it? Mm-hmm. I'm not just like going the cheap route. Like, oh, I'm let me make a beautiful place and just hope that people come here. You know, so something could be beautiful on Fifth Avenue, but if you know the service is not there, the charisma is not there. You know, you, you don't have anything. So yeah. And by that, I don't want people to misconstrue that either. Like, like how you just said, like puppets in play. It's not like you're like, uh, like. Uh like with a negative connotation it's yeah. like with the connotation of yeah, like, like you mentioned before being the, the conductor the, of an orchestra like the you're literally ma- the manager like, the guy you guys go you guys do this yeah. Yeah, now you're on your turn you know yeah so that, like the perfect pieces in place to that you know that you have the confidence in certain people to like execute at the jobs that, that you put them in I also believe a lot in team building um, you know you see how I run my restaurant in Caoba like I'm very like everybody says I'm the best boss because I basically I believe in a team everybody knows what they got to do and I don't you know I don't I don't press them I don't you know you don't like micromanage yeah I don't like to micromanage I don't like to talk behind anybody's back or, or scold somebody in front of another co-worker like I'm very professional with that because it I, th- I think about it this way I'm hardly ever there if if they hate me they're gonna like fucking rob me when I'm not there so I'd rather I, I build like this friendship like this family and it just like it hurts them like if they, if they try to do something like that to me um, I've had the same staff for years and you know they work great um, I love them I, um, shout out to my to my Calva family in East New York and I just I just like I like building an establishment that's family orientated that's awesome man. That, that's something good to hear when I used to there was like a, a stark difference between when I used to work in uh, my first job in high school when I was 16 was a, a restaurant um, a restaurant bar and then uh, I worked in two ever I went from that one to another one in Mineola and which we actually used to cut cut to and uh, go play, and go. play ping pong and pool yeah. and shit in the basement yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to labs but there was a, a stark uh, difference between the owner of it and the manager of it the the manager which I'm still uh, friends with to this day that went on to open up his own, his own spot um, uh, called Sangria in Jamaica was Joey and he had that type of outlook um, that you just mentioned like if he ever, ever had like an issue with a staff member he'll call them aside call them up to the office and you know speak to them you know calm cool collected and you know teach teach them like how to do something right that he thought that they were doing wrong and whereas literally the owner like he would literally like in front of customers like if somebody was holding a play in their left hand they should have been holding it like in the right hand whatever like he would yell at them put them on the spot make nerves in front of the customer like no no no, you did that wrong come back come back over here like grab him by the shoulder look look pick, pick that up that goes on that side you know he, he was he was like he's like an old school like portuguese dude that you know kind of like rough around the edges kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. but he didn't have like that type of uh important to me like leadership skill of you know you have to look beyond a mistake and if you want them to not if you want an employee 
not to commit them a, a, that, that mistake again you know putting them on the spot and putting them on blast and making them feel like shit is not the way to achieve that definitely um yeah, that's definitely old school that was actually like like my ex-partner that's how he like managed it um but man honestly wasted talent is the worst you could do if honestly if, if you have your dream like my best friend tony has always wanted to open a laundromat like he just just one day got to do it if you fail you fail but the worst thing to live with is, is with regret like i, I love what i, I I stand behind my brand. I guarantee it. You know what I'm saying. I love. I, I know I'm gonna do good. You know. I, I have a lot of faith in God. I, I I do. I do the right thing. I just know that whatever I put my hands into, it's gonna it's gonna be good. And it, it, it has for everything else in the past. So I just feel like it's gonna be good here. And if you have a, a strong passion for something, you know, uh, start saving your money. Get get good credit. Take a lot. Take a take a load out and just follow your dreams but you don't want to like be 70 80 and be like wow i wish i would have done this before you know because regret you can't buy time again you know absolutely and, and that 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 honestly is something that's motivated me more towards like the the whole laundromat idea and like dream like like you said that that i've had for for some time and like i wanted to do but always like gun shy and hesitant about and you know i have a went from like the restaurant jobs and stuff to to not corporate America for like 10 years and you know seeing you and your success with with the the restaurant and the just entrepreneurship in general is like made me see that you know what it is possible like you know what I mean and uh, I should like save up like you said and and actually you know give it a shot go for it and not not put myself in a position where you know I'm I'm like selling every single th- thing I own or whatever to accomplish a goal, but, like, hedge my bets and do, do it smartly. And if, if, God forbid, something fails, you know, I'm not out in the street with a, with a can in my hand. Yeah, definitely, dude. If you have $100, don't invest $100. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I would say if you have 20 invest 12 You know, you always got to be, you know, right now I'm prepared for, like, a whole year. If, like, nobody comes into my restaurant, I'm prepared to pay a whole year of rent. That way I don't lose my place. A lot of people fail in the restaurants because they put everything they have into it Business is bad a couple months, and you go right in the hole. You know, you're talking about five, six thousand dollars of rent. You owe four months. You owe twenty-five thousand. Like, how do you come back from that? You know, so you got to be prepared to have that rent because it's gonna take time. You know, and in Kaaba, it took me two years to start seeing money, and and I made all my money back and was able to invest in more and other stuff. Um, same thing with out of here. I'm prepared. Like, if nobody comes in, which I don't think the restaurant's gonna be that bad, and the food's gonna be that bad, then nobody's gonna enter. But again, I have that military mentality where like I'm preparing for the worst. Correct. So as long as you do that, you have you have a backup plan. Um, I, th- I think you'll be fine. That's dope, man. And we are pulling up right now on the outside of it. It looks dope from the outside. Can't wait to take a couple pictures. We're gonna pause the podcast for now, take a look around, and get back. Alrighty, folks, we are back in the car. You're gonna hear some navigation in the background, but please don't mind it. And the restaurant is dope. I was telling Steven. Uh, inside, I'll repeat it here that I'm like super proud of him, like seeing his success and this restaurant, which I know has been a long time goal of his. Uh, this one specifically, like the um, what did you call it before, like a fine dining experience type of thing? Yeah, it's gonna be a fine dining, and then, you know, the aesthetics is the, what I've always wanted um, m- more formal dining, you know, more like to celebrate birthdays, rom- romantic dinners, anniversaries, stuff like that. And it's something that I know definitely that it has always been a goal of his so congratulations thank you so much i appreciate that brother can't wait can't wait to see it open um tell me the name you were you were just getting into a story about the name i cut you off so you can repeat it here on the podcast because i I think it's it's like just a dope like origin story 
Well, the name of the complex is called The Breeze. It's uh, it's an industrial, uh, it was an old pillow factory, and now it became like uh, a warehouse for businesses. So it's all corporate offices. You have um, Ethos Club, you have a... Uh, you have a marketing agency. You have a people that make um, skate uh, ramps. Um, it's pretty cool. So it's all commercial. Um, and then I'm, there's a retail level that's attached to it. Um, there's a corridor called the Breezeway that um, you have to go through to come to my place. And so the whole thing is called the Breeze, the whole complex. And I initially wanted to do a Latin restaurant. So I Googled the Breeze in Latin and uh, Aura came out, A-U-R-A, Aura. I like the name also because it reminds me of my grandmother, my father's mother. That's her first name, Aura. And third of all, like it's just like your energy, like your aura, like what, what do you portray? Like people were like my aura is more like, like personality. And Steven's always in a good time, and Steven always wants to turn up and you know make everybody smile. So I love you know I love people's aura. Um, I I love that name. I love I love, I love the meaning of behind that name. So that's how aura came about, and then we named it a uh, cochina and bar, which means a uh, kitchen and bar. That's so sick. And the um, you're gonna you're gonna. Like the type of uh, cuisine that you picked was Cuban Asian. Yes, um, basically they. A lot of people wanted this space because um, it's going to be the feature restaurant for the whole complex, and they just wanted to go with the most with the person that was more, more innovative. It's a very hip um, neighborhood, a lot of hippies, um, a lot hipsters. of uh, for, for hipsters, freelancers, and um, they wanted something innovative. They wanted something new. They didn't want your typical Mexican restaurant or Dominican restaurant or anything you know regular. So I was like, you know what? My favorite Spanish food is uh, Cuban. And I, and everything would, I love Chinese food. I can eat Chinese food every day of the week. So I was like, well, let me just uh, combine these two cuisines. Um, the, I think there's like two or three in, in the city. Um, but they're not very popular, you know. And uh, you really have to master it. And I was able to get this uh, celebrity chef, Ricardo Cardona, who's like the official chef, chef of the Yankees, uh, Mark Anthony's personal chef, um, uh, the official chef of Sona de Cuba in Edgewater, New Jersey. Um, he's, he's awesome. He teamed up with another uh, Asian chef from L.A. was featured uh, on a two-page article in the L.A. Times. Um, so they, they combined the menu. It's uh, it's amazing. I just got the menu. I haven't tasted it yet. We have the tasting uh, next week sometime. But it's just like all the ingredients and everything they're using is just it's amazing. Um, can't wait to try it. And I can't wait till you guys try it. So how, how does that work? So so these like celebrity chefs and stuff like that, they're, they like... Uh, put together a menu like you said and the flavors and like how to cook it type of thing or how to cook certain dishes and then like the the chef on like whatever chefs you have like working there they get like taught those like how to act, cook execute those dishes well yes well obviously they went to chef school and uh, the good thing about Ricardo Cardona is that he's literally gone like everywhere in the in the, in the world because he likes like if he wants to cook Mexican food he'll go to Mexico and, and learn the authentic way of making it same thing with like uh, Argentina and Spain he's been to Asia he's been to Thailand like he's gone to all these countries besides being a chef and learning you know the, the basics but he's gone to all these countries and has like a special feel um, to all these to all these cuisines you know and it's not for example Mexican food it's just not putting salsa and chips and guacamole on a plate you know there's a yeah, lot yeah. that goes that goes into it so that's the same thing with you know with the Cuban Asian but that's dope. I, I just didn't know that it worked that way. I thought it was like, like let's say, uh, Ricardo Cajona or whatever. I thought like he was physically like in the kitchen making it. You know what I mean? But it's like it's like a different level yeah, of like that whole chef world. Like yes, world, right? yes, yes. That's exactly how it is. And he's very expensive as well. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> somebody has a lot of, uh, a lot to do with it. That's crazy. That's awesome. But he has a good resume. He has a big following. Like uh, he'll bring baseball players to to your establishment. Uh, celebrities, uh, the, uh, singers. Uh, you know, he, the, the whole nine, and, yeah. and and that's what builds a place. You know, it must be like a lot of like clout like attached to his name. Correct. 
Um, and what's dope is uh, we we just saw the place. It's obviously like still under construction, but like you said, it's like uh, like uh, all of the like he- heavy lifting is out of the way. There's like now it's like more like and decorations and aesthetics and stuff like that being being done. And it already I've never been to Cuba. You went a couple times. I yeah. should have gone when you told me to go with you, and I didn't probably for a reason that I don't even remember. So it obviously wasn't a good reason. Um, <laughs> probably like oh no, I got to work or like some dumb shit. Um, but it. Like from pictures that I've seen of Cuba and stuff like that, like it, it has like I'm starting to like I could visualize like those elements like coming together. Yeah, those, like, those antique like buildings, the uh, those those rustic cars, you know, it's, it's like, like what the pastel I, colors correct. and stuff like that. What I love about Cuba is like you basically transform yourself from like 2019 to like the 1950s, 1960s. It's a whole transformation with everything, with the people, with the decor, the way, what car you get in, what restaurant you go to. So it's like being trapped in a different era, you know. It's like time traveling. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. All right, and the I took some video for for folks that that want to check it out. Some videos, some pictures, and stuff. And uh, you guys can check it out where I mentioned before, sponsored.com forward slash podcast forward slash one four two. So you could definitely uh, get the visuals that come along with this episode. So yeah, uh, entrepreneurship. Um, I also have a shipping company. Uh, where I import uh, uh, items to um, uh, Dominican Republic in tanks, uh, boxes, refrigerators, TVs, um, sofas, and that type of furniture. I remember, I remember when you told me about that, like mad long ago. <laughs> And, yeah, and I was I st- like, "What the I, fuck are you talking about?" I st- yeah, I still like, do literally, it was like in the middle of like the whole Makori Kawa transition stuff like that. You're like, "Oh, I'm gonna open up another business." Uh, I was like, "Yo, this guy, you're doing like way too much. You're biting off like more than you can chew." And then that business you still have like going. Exactly. Again, like I told you, if you have if you have the right people in play, it's, there's no reason why you can't do it. So like a business like that, made Mahino, that you're obviously not involved like day to day. You just like collect your your like money from it. Yeah, that's when it. Time comes. Yeah. Nice. But you like established it. You started it. Yeah, it's called the uh, Dominicana Cargo Express. I'm actually very good now with the next president elect. Uh, we've uh, met a couple of times. I'm helping uh, run his campaign here in uh, New York. I'm the secretary of uh, Mil Amigos Abinader. Um, he's like ninety percent of the tolls that he's gonna win the election. So in DR. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Luis Abinader. Nice. Yeah. He's a, a disciple to uh, Peña Gomez. Gotcha. And um, uh, for folks that don't know, like like it's like a, a big like popular thing, especially for uh, Dominicans. Like my parents like ship stuff. My my wa- you know my wife to like her pops and like family members that you have over there. It's uh like you ship like containers and boxes and like literally like these big like jug tanks of like goods and stuff like clothes, food, like stuff like that to to relatives that you have over there. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, man, it's cool. And um, dude, honestly, my dream is like I want to be a, a restaurateur. Um, this is like my the one I'm opening now is like my dream restaurant. If that pops off, I really literally want to do like I want to keep the same. I want to branch uh, franchise out uh, Aura, but like I want to like I'm gonna change the name and like in the aesthetic that of whatever culinary I decide. Like let's say for example, I want to do a Mexican restaurant. I'd probably name it Aura Cantina and Agave Bar. You know, something like that along those lines. Um, so like the tagline to it would be like more specific to correct of, of what culinary it is. Gotcha. Yeah. So but you still maintain like the outer. Like yeah, correct. Yeah. The staple of it. I just um I have eleven years left in the port authority to retire. I'm like ten and a half. 
it's a good job but I, I honestly i love working for myself you know I, I love what i do like it's it's fun when i come to to the restaurants you know it's not like i'm dragging my feet and like fuck i gotta wake up and do this like i love getting up and coming over here and seeing what's going on i like the, like the motion i like the energy i like the, the the busy and and the craziness that goes behind behind the scenes in the kitchen i love all that stuff and i just want to keep doing it you know and i want to pass that down to my kids which, is, which honest, is important to like love what you do right of that, course it, it doesn't is. feel like you're working Dude, if people loved work you know it would be free you know yeah exactly <laughs> that's why a lot, a lot that, that's advice that, that a lot of people give uh, people that I follow and listen to um, which is like find what you love and and are passionate about and do it and then figure out a way to get paid from it later correct and I just want to pass that down to my kids. You know, I want to. I want it to be like a Peter Luger's that you know it just goes down from generation to generation. I see the way college is going now. I feel like people are just gonna keep dropping out, dropping out because honestly, these guys like you go, you go out there. It's expensive. You spend four years and you can you can even get a job getting out. You know, and everything's so competitive and all this computers. You know, it's eliminating so many jobs. I honestly feel like social media is like it's killing the game. Um, I just I don't I don't I don't see college like. Obviously, you know, for, for the major professions like you know being a lawyer and doctors, that's always going to exist. Yeah, for very specific professions. Correct. Yeah, but um, I definitely agree. Like, I th- I think entrepreneurship is important to to that extent, and you know, what like I do with like uh, podcasting and writing and like my personal goals, like in, in that field, and people that I read and listen to on other podcasts, like that, like that's a very very important element to me, which is um, establishing that there are alternatives, there are different lanes. That if you're willing to like put in the work for, you can like follow and pursue. Like they're like unorthodox, like different things. You know, it's not just like go to high school, go to college, do four years, get a master's, and then get this job, and then work at this job until you're 65, then retire and collect social security, and then die. Like it's not mm-hmm. just that path alone. You know, there's a unlimited amount of different paths that people can go from investing in in businesses and you know following different passions and i think that's important for for our generation which is like in in the middle of it now and for future generations to to factor in and and put into play that's a fact but yeah bro thank you very much for for doing the episode i appreciate it anytime i I know folks are gonna get a lot from it and uh anything else uh remind folks again where kawa is where Aura is yeah kawa is located in east new york 100 jamaica avenue brooklyn new york out as uh, in uh, East Williamsburg, that's on 315 Mesero Street. Tamo um, Orden, we're there to serve you. I hope you guys come, try out the amazing food and the ambiance and the sh- the the shift into the nightlife. Um, it's it, you could get a little bit of everything. You could go for dinner, then casual drinks, then end up dancing. You you know the, the night away with your with your wife or significant other, whoever. But it's definitely to bring joy to your heart. And the social medias for Galvanada. Kawaba is underscore NYC and Kawaba underscore Bistro. Aura is uh, Oro Cucina. Nice. All right, folks, I'm out. Bye. And that's the episode, folks. Episode 142 of the Spun Today podcast in the books. I want to remind you all, like I said in the intro of the show, that you can go to spuntoday.com forward slash podcast forward slash 142 where you can see photos and video of Aura under construction. So you can put some visuals along with all the entrepreneurial stuff we were speaking about during this show. Remember to follow Aura on Instagram at Aura Cocina, spelled A-U-R-A-C-O-C-I-N-A. 
You can also follow Steven's other spot, Kaoba, at Kaoba underscore NYC. That's C-A-O-B-A underscore NYC, as well as Kaoba underscore Bistro, C-A-O-B-A underscore B-I-S-T-R-O. Aura, for those of you that are going to be in the East Williamsburg area and are eager to check it out, as of the release of this episode, it's scheduled to open up to the public during the second half of January 2020, so it's just a couple weeks away. Definitely stay tuned, follow the Instagram, so you can be the first to know. Steven, thanks again for doing this episode. I appreciate you, my dude. And to all the fine folks, the listeners of the Spun Today podcast, I want to thank you very much for another year in the books in this final episode of 2019. The Spun Today podcast is going five plus years strong and hopefully many, many more years to come. Unless I happen to like die tragically or something, in which case you guys can still enjoy the back catalog of 142 episodes to date. But hopefully that's not the case. Thanks again, folks. I appreciate the fuck out of you. And if you'd like to support the show, stay tuned. Listen to some tunes, which reminds me really quick. Um, we speak about a little bit of the origin of the of the name of Aura, how Steven came up with it. Something else that we touched on when we left, I'm not sure if we recorded it on the episode or not, is that the restaurant is crosses with uh, Bogart Street. I was telling Steven about this dope Eminem lyric within one of the best Eminem verses, in my opinion, from the uh, No Love uh, collab with Lil Wayne, where he says that he bogarted the game. And I was telling Stephen a little bit about the like the background of, you know, bogarting the game and, you know, coming into it, taking over, and that that's like a good omen, good sign for for Aura. And I'm actually going to drop that verse specifically now. Have you guys enjoy it and then you can listen to some ways that you can help support the show. Happy holidays to you and yours. Have a great new year and I'll check you folks out in 2020. Than I have been in my whole entire life I can see these people's ears perk up As I begin to spaz with the pen I'm a little bit sicker than most Shit's finna get thick again They say the competition is stiff But I get a hard dick from the shit Now stick it in I ain't never giving in again Cross into the wind Complete freedom Look at these rappers How I treat them So why the fuck would I join them When I beat them They call me a freak Cause I like to spit on these pussies Before I eat them Man get these whack cocksuckers on stage Where the fuck is Kanye when you need them Snap the mic for them bitch I'ma let Oh, man.
Hey folks, Tony here, and I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I enjoy putting it together for you. If you'd like to support, I'd really appreciate it, and we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so. If you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that. There you'll find an Amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Ko-fi pages. Patreon and Ko-fi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. If you want to donate a dollar per month, a dollar per episode, a hundred dollars per episode, whatever you like. You can check out either one of those two services there. There's actually also a Patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how Patreon actually works. Also at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of PayPal. You'll find a link to Apple Music, which works similar to the Amazon banner. You can click on it. It'll take you to Apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do. And again, it does not cost you anything extra, but I will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. And you'll also find links to the Spun Today viral style store. This is where you can get Spun Today related merch. And you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related things on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and, and uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words. You'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel Fractal. It's completely black and when it gets hot when you put it in coffee or tea it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel fractal it's pretty dope so definitely check all that stuff out which again you can find by going to sponsor.com forward slash support and of course do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at sponsor on twitter at sponsor on instagram subscribe to the sponsor youtube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content like the facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today also don't forget to check out all the free shit that i have on my website as well go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought you can check out some of my 
photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography. Feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish. I set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos. And my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. And last but certainly not least, my pride and joy corner, spuntoday.com forward slash books. Here you will find my published books, which you find folks can find links to purchase them on Amazon, whether you want hard copies or digital uh, Kindle copies. That's the spot for you. Thank you very much for being a Spun Today listener. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.